DJ and PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse at 86 West University Parkway in Orm. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Oh, I was going to go fill in. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Boom! I'm glad I did it. All right. Got a question up here that uh, has been up for uh, a couple days now and has gotten some reaction here. Uh, we didn't get to it right when he said it, but it still rings It still rings true. I mean, I guess it doesn't ring true to everybody, but it uh, still carries some weight. How's that? Magic Johnson says the Jazz, quote, have everything you need to get to the NBA Finals, close quote. How's that for an endorsement? Well, <laughs> it's a mixed bag. How about that? I mean, on the surface, it's great. Magic is basically saying you have a really good team. Okay, that's good. Magic's five-time champion. Magic's an NBA MVP. He's a Hall of Famer. He and Larry Bird saved the league in the 80s when it was floundering in the 70s. It took off in the 80s thanks to these guys. So on the surface, that's awesome. Great. Magic is a winner. Winning recognizes winning. Take it. Take it and run with it. Now maybe I'm just, you know, I'm not there when he says it. I don't know the overall tone of the conversation and everything. Everything you need to get to the NBA Finals. Well, for starters, Jazz fans don't want to go to the NBA Finals. They want to win in the NBA Finals. I mean, obviously you have to go there to win it, so yes, they want to go. But everything, if Magic said everything you need to win a championship, I mean, is it just me? Because I'm pretty sure it's not. Are you looking at the East this year thinking, whoever comes out of the West is going to beat whoever comes out of the East? Everything's got to be equal. You know, guys have to be healthy and all that. And injuries can take a team down. We saw that happen to the Warriors a couple of years ago when Durant and Klay Thompson both went down deep in the series. So, PK, should I parse the words or should yeah. I just go with the sentiment? Winning recognizes winning. Embrace it. Because big he picture, magic. that's what it is. He Magic Johnson. Right. But have everything but you need to get to the NBA yes, Finals? Yes, yes, yes. What about everything you need... To win an NBA championship. Well, you got to get there first. You don't I, even know who you're going to play. But he could say, I have everything you need to get to the second round. Yeah, I mean, you got to get there first, too. But if you say you have everything you need to get to the finals, then that's better than saying no one says they've got everything they need to get to the second round. That's the dumbest statement you've ever said. Magic lost in the finals. He knows the difference between getting to the finals and winning the finals. And he knows, he knows Jazz everything. fans want the title. So why didn't he say, have everything you need to get to win the title? Because you don't know who you're going to play. And you got the Nets over there. They're a developing team. And so you you have no idea what that's about. And he's a West Coast guy, so he's probably watching the West way more. I think this is a huge compliment, and you're trying to downgrade it. First of all, football, as Charles Barkley would say, (laughs) you don't ever downgrade Magic Johnson, or I'll punch you in the face. I'll do like Joe Biden said. If we were in high school, I'd take him back behind the shed, and I'd beat as you know what. Yeah! But let's come together. But So he knows about all that stuff here. So it's all about getting to the final. That's the goal. And once you get there, you readjust the goal. So I think this is a major compliment that he's playing, that he's paying the Jazz. You don't need, you have no clue who's going to come out of the West, but you know about, excuse me, the East, but you know about the West. 
and you know the top dogs. And to say you've got – because if you've got the ability to get to the final, not always, but most of the time it's understood you've got the ability to win it all. Now, there's been some sweeps and some lopsided finals, and particularly from the Laker perspective, right? They've, I mean, they worked a few teams uh, over time, four, four or five games, and that's been it. Yep. So not all finals are hard fought right down to the end. Some are, and as a basketball fan, that's what I want. So I think to me, it's understood. I think you're nitpicking. This is what you do. This is why Honey calls me up and says, "How do you do it all these years?" And I say, "Honey, well, I'm I used paid. To call her sweetie." And I say, "You know, I just I'm like you, man. I say right back at you. How do you deal with it 24 seven minus the time that we're together in the morning?" She says, "I'm so grateful for that time away from him." That's what she told me. You're nitpicking. Come on, man. This is a major compliment. Why aren't you celebrating? Why aren't you breaking out the uh, Martinelli's? This is your wheelhouse. Magic Johnson is saying this, and you're nitpicking as to degrees of why he didn't say this or why didn't they say that? Brian says, obviously, Magic is right. Just look at the record. He knows what he's talking about a lot more than that other former Laker. Which former oh, Laker is he dumping on? He's got to be Shaq? Okay. Yeah, it's, I think it's only Shaq because he's the only one, right? What other former Laker has really said much of uh, anything? What has James Worthy said? <laughs> Mike Schmirk, I don't know what he's been saying here. What, what did Jerry Chuck, West say? Chuck Nevitt, I'm not sure what. No, uh, Shaq. Mark Landsberger, I don't know. <laughs> Mark Landsberger. Hadn't <laughs> heard that name in a long time. He went to ASU, and uh, I think it was him and Kareem that were defending that iconic move of Dr. J when he comes baseline and just holds Swoops the ball. Swoops around. And, and, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think Landsberger was it was uh, him and Abdul Jabbar. There were the defensive players in the pitcher when somehow the unbelievable move that Dr. J put on. Which way did who go? Yeah, I mean, just like he was four feet out of bounds in, in <laughs> midair and came back in and bounced it off the hoop. I mean, it was just in the backboard. It was just incredible. So I think that uh, he's probably our our responder on Facebook is going to Shaq, and Shaq was very critical. And I, I think this is a, I don't want to say compliment, but an analysis by someone who obviously knows basketball. Now, you know, I don't know that he would have succeeded as a GM because I don't, that, that position is a grinder and you've got to grind and Magic is a superstar and a superstar businessman and he's a PR guy and all that stuff. So why so grind? Yeah, you, you don't need to. I mean, yeah, you know, you're, uh, you're to Los Angeles and your businesses like what uh, Tommy Lasorda was to the Dodgers after he got done. He was a marketing tool, uh, and he wasn't growing. But as Tommy was working his way up, he was a grinder. Uh, but then afterward, and I think that's where Magic is. So I can't really judge him on his uh, executive ability, but his ability to recognize talent and see it all come together. Uh, I think this is a a, it's not a bold statement because they do have the best record, but I, in my mind, and maybe I'm, I have bias towards Magic, I'll be the first to admit, I loved watching him play, and I think that it is something that got my attention. He's, he didn't have to say it, especially because I was talking to a guy yesterday who lives down there in the Los Angeles area, and he's a consumer of, of sports media and talk shows, and he's telling me that they were all day yesterday he was listening 
and it was all about how they don't believe in a jazz. And they're just ready for them to fall and have a big fat I told you so. And that's what the Jazz are starting to get to the point of is that if they should fall, there's going to be people coming out of the woodworks left and right. They're going to say, yeah, I told you. Absolutely. That's what I always thought. Yes. It's almost like they're winning too much. They are winning too much because literally nobody sustains this. It's 19 out of 20. It's 20 out of 21. It's where is it going next? And, and who yeah. wins 95% of their games in the is NBA? Is there such a thing as winning too much? Well, this isn't sustainable, so I don't know that I told you so and they aren't any good is the thing to say when they lose. I but mean, you can will. drop it in the playoffs. You know they will. Right. But they will because they're an NBA team, and that's what NBA teams do. I mean, none of Magic's teams, and Magic's an all-time all-timer and save the league and yada yada, but they didn't win 95% of their games because nobody does that. Yeah, but when they lost to the Celtics in the finals, nobody was saying, see, I told you. Uh, yeah, they were. Celtic oh, they fans were. No, they weren't. Celtic fans were just rolling in the mud for their Celtics. Yeah, but they were also taking shots at the Lakers. Oh, we're better than you. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. you're a bunch of gaggers. But Okay, but that <laughs> they have a specific interest. I'm talking about guys who and ladies who cover the league that don't necessarily have an allegiance and are just analyzing the league. I get it when you get into fan Well, the Lakers already had, okay, I see where you're going. Yeah, the Lakers already had championships at that point. You know, the Jazz don't. So that's a little apples and oranges. I mean, by the time the Lakers give a title away, they'd already won two or three, I guess two. They would have won two before they had their epic collapse. Yeah. But people, I think, around the league are just waiting for this team to fall flat on its face. I really, really believe that. And it would be so sweet if they don't. Now, that doesn't mean you have to win the title. Uh, I think it does. I don't think so. Really? That's my opinion, though, and and I'm not going to argue that you're right or wrong, although obviously you are wrong, but I won't argue (laughs) it. (laughs) I think that you can have a hard-fought series and not fall on your face. Did the... the, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, did they fall on their face? I don't think they did. No, but they had also been in the mix before and had been to the World Series. Wasn't that their second trip to the World Series? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kornheiser, without being a hardcore NBA guy, kind of crystallized it when he said, when he looked at his yellow legal pad and said, they've gone out in the first round the last two years. Now, some of the criticism seems personal, right? It seems personal when Shaq goes after Donovan Mitchell in what's normally, uh, you know, post-game walk-off, hey, how good are you kind of question. But when Kornheiser says, well, we're going out in the first round, anybody who's followed NBA history knows there aren't many teams that have won a title after going out in the first round the year before, after not winning a playoff series in the previous two years. And there you know, aren't that, many teams that didn't even make the playoffs and won the title the next year, and that's what the Lakers did. Yep. But they so screw but, that. No, but they get the asterisk because LeBron was hurt the year before, and it's all about your star, and it's all about LeBron. And LeBron had been to the finals and, eight years in a row before that. And everybody knows that. And I guarantee you that uh, Will Blount or uh, Kornheiser had no clue that Bogdanovich didn't play last year. He has no, no friggin' clue, right. idea. Yeah, I don't think he's following it that close either. And that's not following it that close. That's just being aware. 
They don't have to be aware because they're they talk about the friggin' wizards. I know. I know they do. I can't watch the show anymore. That's the I don't want to hear about West the Wizards and the football ba- uh, the uh, NFL football team that is based in Washington, D.C. I don't want to hear about them. They don't deserve any attention whatsoever. And now, Zero. And now Bradley Beal. I couldn't care less. If Bradley Beal gets traded, all right, I'll pay attention. But to Depending tell on me about the Wizards to. almost every freaking day, you've got to be kidding me. Click. It's boring me to tears, so I don't want to hear it. He doesn't know anything about jazz basketball. And they're going on the legacy, not on what is now. Right, and there's something to be said for that, so I'm not totally eliminating that, but they've got a big qualifier. Their second-leading scorer, 20 points a game, wasn't there, and they lost by one point or two points at the buzzer. In in a in a in an environment in which a decent player looked better than MJ. Tony says Rankin in the top five in both offense and defense is enough to get to the finals. The Jazz just need to stay there. Just keep doing what they're doing, Tony says. Sure. Yeah, well, if you're winning games, that's what you need to do, obviously. Uh, I'm not interested in what the stats are. I'm, there's one stat that I care about, and that's your record. And that, that explains everything to me. And I'll let the other guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Locke if he's listening now. I'm going to tell him my challenge for him is to go a week without tweeting a stat, uh, to have a tweet that doesn't have a stat in it. Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> just If you want to tweet stats, just tweet the record every day. <laughs> Because everything else is going to fall in line with that. And if the record sucks, my guess is all the stats suck too. Now, I get, in order to get the record, the folks that are involved and all that stuff need to have all that other stuff in order and off the bounce and all that other stuff. I get all of that. But that's not for me. I'm looking at the record. Did you win? Did you lose? Because that will answer everything else. But for everybody else to get to that point, those guys that they're employing and all that, I don't discount that at all. That's their jobs, and they do it, and they do it well. Have at it. But that's not me, nor do I think that's the casual fan whom I represent because I never played the game. I don't even think I've ever owned basketball sneakers, let alone put them on. I wouldn't even know how to put them on. You're I'm lying. The fan. You're lying. <laughs> You're just seeing how far you can push yeah. it so I would finally not ignore you. <laughs> I never played the game. I'm nothing. More and more I ridiculous. never owned sneakers. Still nothing. I don't know how to put them on. All right, PK, I'll give you attention. I can't put my shoes on. Okay, now we'll talk. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, I, I need a shoehorn, and no one has any shoehorns anymore. So, uh... <laughs> I've got one you can borrow. So random. <laughs> Brian says Magic knows his stuff. All-time great. If he sees it, they got the right chemistry going on. I think there's something to be said that for that. I think I agree with Brian and what he's saying. Magic ought to know. So you think Magic is this takes. is this in reaction to Shaq? Do you know the backstory how this happened or what conversation or interview this came out of? I think it was a tweet he put out. He just put it out there. I think he's watching basketball. Obviously, basketball player loves the game and it's a fresh take. And he's probably aware, I don't know this, I'm guessing, but he's probably aware to a degree 
that for being as good as the Jazz are, they seem to have a lot of negative associated with it. You know, if this were the Lakers or the Clippers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or the Nets. Right. But they all have, the guys on those teams all have MVP, MVP awards or championships or both. Good for them. And the Jazz don't. So it's new, which exactly. is exciting, but not everyone's buying into it. Well, there's no question. And yeah. I think maybe Magic sees that. Says, no, 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 no. You can buy in just because they don't have an MVP or yeah, a championship right, right. yet. Yes. That's so then I'm the closest about. parallel to this, would the closest parallel be the Warriors' first championship? We're going back to 2015, going back five years? I'd have to and look at that the would really be <clears throat> That would really be the only comparison going back in the last decade. Before that, you got the Heat and the Spurs and you know, maybe the Mavericks. I mean, I know they're stars. A team that didn't have a track record, that didn't have... Uh, did Dirk have an MVP? Dirk Nowitzki. Nowitzki yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, they went out, uh, that, they lose to Seattle in the first round or something? Yeah, that year that they lost to, it was actually Golden State, wasn't it? Was it Golden State? Don, yeah, Don Nelson's. Seattle would have been out of Seattle by then. Yeah, it was the Golden yeah. State upset, the 8-1 upset. I was thinking when... Uh, you were going back to the 90s. Seattle. <laughs> yeah, as the number one seed. It also was a good one, yeah. Uh, and Matumbo. Yeah, Crate, Dirk, Dirk in 07. On the back. Yeah, so... So even that, even that, that Maverick team that won the title would have had uh, at least Dirk would have had the MVP three or four years earlier. Does Kerr's influence matter to you? Because obviously he's won titles and he was right, and he was on coaching the, sidelines. the yeah. Uh, and I, I don't even though Kerr stepped into a ready-made situation. Uh, if you're going to criticize coaches, I think when they win, you need to praise them. So. I'm hesitant to say, oh, anybody could have done it. I don't know that anybody could have done it. I know that Steve Kerr did it, and that's what matters. So I've got to give him his due for doing that. But, yeah, there's there's been teams that have done it. And those teams that did it, did they win 21, 20 out of 21, 21 out of 22, however long this thing goes? And were they a team that was – they just didn't play any rookies, zero, none, Zippo, and they're this much of a veteran team. I have to go back and check all of those. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. To. Warriors, did they play rookies then? Probably not. You look at Boston when they got together for that one season. That mm-hmm. was a veteran ball club for sure. Right. Veterans are where it's at in this league. Absolutely. You know, with a, uh, a few exceptions, of course, Magic Johnson being one of those Magic exceptions. is a rookie, and yeah. Bird is a second year, and Duncan is a second year. And circle back to Magic, who's making this statement. There it is. I told Scotty the other day, I, I was going to take a trip around the world this summer, and I canceled. <laughs> All right, DJ PK, Craig Bowlerjack's coming up next. We will talk jazz, nine in a row, 20 out of 21 with Bowler. That's next. Joe Ingles is coming up at 9.30. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz are becoming that showpiece. The Jazz are becoming the party. Everybody barbecues a bunch of stuff and gets together for the Super Bowl, and it's a lot of fun because it's the show. That's what the Jazz are becoming. It's an event now. It's an event. Must watch TV. They play a style of basketball that not only is winning a lot of games for them right now, but, you know, the old pick-and-roll, boring Jazz teams that won a lot of games, but some people across the country, it's just boring basketball. This is not boring basketball. Yeah. Back to the basket, dribble the clock out, take the yeah. shot. That's not, that is not this team. I mean, cranking 40 to 45 threes a game, that's going to get people's attention really quickly. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Craig Bullerjack's weekly interview is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Time to welcome in the TV voice of the Jazz, Craig Bullerjack. Bowler, good morning. David James, PK, you played some rush. Nope. I'm kind of, this team's, I kind of got a rush right now. <laughs> 19 out of 20, Bowler. Are you wow. running out of words? You've used a <laughs> lot of superlatives on a lot of broadcasts. I'm wondering how many more words yeah. you've got. Um, I'm digging down deep. If you, PK, if DJ, if you got a few, throw them my way. Uh, no, it's um, you know, it's let's use remarkable, uh, intriguing. Uh, I mean, just anything you want. It's uh, it's quite. You know, this is historic for Jazz franchise history. So I saw you know this morning you posted at Ho Hum. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just sitting back in kind of a a state of wow, state of awe. Uh, to be honest, the way they win, there's multiple ways. And uh, last night, was it pretty? At times, no. First half, uh, I thought the Clippers' defensive strategy was uh, was spot on. Like Ty, you know, Ty said last night, uh, uh, Ty, Ty Lu and the head coach, and he said, look, you know, you got to press them out on the three-point line and defend the pick and roll. They did a great job doing that, but the Jazz figured it out and attacked and I thought they upped their, their whole intensity in the second half. And, gosh, what was a five-point deficit at the half? They run away from them and went by 18. I mean, it's every night's a different different way of doing it. And it's that that's probably the most intriguing part about it right now. Yeah, it really is. I thought that, in a sense, that was sort of cool in that, all right, the Clippers, they're without their two stars at the top. Still got some players, though. I mean, they you do. can't deny that. Uh, so, you know, I, I hesitate to say it was the JV team because they got four or five guys that are, they're pretty much playing for any team in the league. But I think the Jazz knew that, all right, studs aren't there. Maybe psychologically, as human beings, you get off to a little bit of a sluggish start. But then in the third quarter, all right, guys, we're not going to lose this game. Let's put the hammer down on these dudes. I mean, we'll give them a you know an A for effort and all this stuff, but and it's valiant. But they're not as good as us, so let's just put them away and win comfortably. And that's exactly what they did. So I don't think that I'm upset that they got down by five at halftime. I like the way the fact when they flipped the switch and they turned it on, they blew them away. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, 35-point third quarter, another big one to, you know, to, to end it in the fourth, and it's it's a 114-96 game. The other part of that, too, PK, is they gave up 51 first-half points and then, again, slowly shut the door on the Clippers. Uh, Patrick Beverly, he's a defensive you know, uh, menace for, for the Jazz. Reggie Jackson, I thought, you know, played a nice game, um, Lou Williams. But, again, if I look at the fourth quarter, 
uh, that's where the Jazz just kind of shut down those scores. Lou Williams was not as impactful as he was in the first half by any means. And then you get a two-way guy named Amir Coffey who, you know, gave uh, gave um, the Clippers a, a nice second half. But, I, I you know, it, you make a great point about knowing that Kawhi and Paul George weren't going to play. Uh, you even toss in the name of uh, Batum. And all of a sudden you think, okay, sure. another walk in the park. But in reality, everybody in this league, you know, has a high level of talent. And the Jazz just turned theirs up, you know, to that next level in the second half. I never since panic with this team throughout this entire run. And I think there's a confidence building here that it's just, you know, unless you're in that locker room, which again, this year we don't get a chance to, to get into, but there is an incredible amount of confidence that's uh, basically raging through this team right now. And it goes one to one to nine, you know, even one to 11 and 12, like a, Jarrell Brantley, a Jawan Morgan, a Mieoni, those guys are getting on the floor late, yes, but still you can tell they, they're playing with confidence too. So I guess the one thing is the uh, the question you referenced on the Facebook page, you know, is all the winning getting ho-hum. Uh, we've seen with other teams, other sports, college pro, there are times where teams are winning and it's just too easy and they do seem to lose their focus and they do seem to get bored. Uh, do you think there's any chance that happens with this team? Because it doesn't seem like they can keep winning at this rate either. And it's uh, hard they, to see what's going to upset the apple cart, but you've watched a lot yeah. of NBA basketball, and you know, well, teams don't win 19 out of 20 routinely. You're not going to no. do this in the next 20 games. You okay, can't. so maybe 17 out of 20. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> 17 out of 20. Uh, I don't think I think the X factor here has to be Quinn Snyder of keeping this team focused. But you guys make a great point. The human factor has to come into play here sooner than later. I mean, I think fans have to understand that, and I think they do. Um, look, twenty-four and five, um, and tomorrow night the Clippers again. Whether or not you see Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, you know it's it's you just go back and play this game, and maybe a, a few a few changes from. Uh, Ty Lue, uh, but yeah, I thought, again, the game plan was pretty solid. I don't see him changing much. Gobert was a huge factor last night, guys. I mean, it's fourth career 2020, and he dominated, right? I mean, Serge Ibaka, you know, stepped out and hit a couple of threes. Um, Zubats is a pretty physical player, I thought, for the Clippers, and I'm impressed with his play and kind of pushes Rudy around a little bit more, but uh, I think Rudy's confidence is sky high. I mean, that, PK, don't you see that? I mean, I, I, I thought again, he his hands are stronger. He's going up with more determination, and all of a sudden, he's starting to find more confidence at the free throw line. And every rebound is his. I mean, it's <laughs> it's really an amazing thing to watch. It really is. Well, you just mirrored and echoed the exact words that I said earlier this morning, in that I thought that the thing that I, I'm a big body language guy. Yeah, your physical presence out on the floor, and I thought that the way he dunked was very violent, and I thought that his hands looked better, the best that I've seen. Sometimes he has a player or two, and once he looks a little awkward, I don't think he did that. I thought he was looking for his shot instead of being tentative, 
and then when he was getting fouled, he was putting that ball just over the rim nice and soft so it's not a swish. It ends up getting the bounce to go in, and that's all that matters. And so I said earlier, DJ can back me up, that all things considered, I thought it was his best game of the season. I can't argue. No, I thought it was the most – you bring up an interesting uh, you know, comment or observation is it's that uh, – the body language of a lot of these guys, by the way, and that tells you a lot. Uh, he's turned away from arguing to PK uh, and DJ with the officials, even though, you know, you can tell he likes in, in the past. I think he's really tried to refocus and get back and run, which uh, I think Donovan made that, that comment last night that he's running with us. And instead of standing back and complaining that he didn't pick up the foul, um, and I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Maybe he's finally understanding as he continues to grow, and I believe he is, guys. I mean, let's be honest. He's made huge strides in the last couple of years and this season as well. Um, KK asked last night, are you playing with a chip on your on his shoulder? And I really believe he always has and always will. There's something ingrained in his mind about respect and being picked 27th and the, to prove that he is, to, you know, in fact – the best defender uh, in the NBA, and he's proven it twice. But he wants to to be to, to make sure that people don't forget that he doesn't like to be overlooked or maligned or you know questioned. And so that's the fuel, man, right now that runs Rudy Gobert. And I saw a lot of it last night, just like you, PK, about determination, anger, um, taking over a game, and it's really intriguing to watch this whole process with this team. Is is a is quite a storyline of itself, and the three point shot. Sometimes it doesn't go down. They struggled in the first half. They still hit thirteen last night, but they're timely threes. But they have other options now, and I think they understand that defense will will fuel their offense. And you know we saw it against Miami. We saw it again last night, and that's what's the most intriguing part about the Jazz is. There's just not a one-way team. They have multiple ways of getting the job done. Do you have any sense when uh, when Conley might be back? He's missed six games, and uh, you know he's out a long time last year. And we heard that this injury wasn't as bad as last year because he was questionable before they ruled him out. I wondered if maybe he was getting closer. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I can you know. Again, the Jazz is we all know very tight-lipped when it comes to injury, but the only the, the only indicator really. Is through that injury report when you go from out to probable or questionable to probable, uh, and then you jump in. I would think after this road trip, you come home for two and you got the weekend off Saturday, Sunday before you jump back on the floor with Charlotte. So, you know, you think it's a, pro- a process, and obviously, Mike knows his body at 34 uh, or 33, so I'm guessing. You know, they're working with him on trying to figure this thing out. But I'm guessing he's getting closer just in the sense of the injury report. That's the only indicator that I have right now. But I've seen him, you know, before we're on air and the way things are going this this year, you know, with calling games off the Jumbotron on away games, he's out there, you know, and, and he's warming up at home. You see him taking shots and still trying to, you know, keep in rhythm. So, I mean, it's it's not to the point where he can't be on the leg, but obviously I think he's getting closer. That's my guess. That's only a guess. But it'll be interesting to see him back, how he works his way back into the lineup, 
Joe Ingles guys has done an incredible job. Um, and the way that he is, you know, synced right now on the floor with Gobert and even Favors uh, and even Donovan. Man, seven assists last night. Joe had, you know, five. Uh, pardon me. Yeah, five. So the, 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 they had 12 assists of the 19 last night, those two. So they're really dialed in with Gobert. And that's been a big key as well. So how do we explain what I think Joe Ingles is doing is playing the best ball of his NBA life this season? Well, PK, I can't argue, and Quinn Snyder echoed it last night. Um, you know, it's he is incredibly fun to watch. He's dialed in, tuned in. Um, how do you do that, PK, at 33? Uh, how, does, how does even Mike Conley, before the injury, improve uh, in his 14th year? in the NBA because I guess they're open to coaching and they're also hungry. Uh, and that's a key too, I think for this team is that there is this, this hunger. Um, I know people look at me and talk about cliches and come on, it can't be that way. It is. Uh, there's a, this is a team that uh, obviously made a decision after getting knocked out by Denver last year or after, you know, with a three, one lead, consciously saying to themselves, this isn't going to happen again. And, you know, there was obviously a lot of discussion about who we are in the bubble, what we want to become, and here they are. And I think Joe obviously is a centerpiece of that, PK. I really think that's probably part of the answer is that his leadership with Donovan and the way that he plays the game with, you know, people call high IQ, but you have to. He's Joe. I mean, there's angles. Uh, he outsmarts, outwits so many of his opponents. And then, of course, he plays free with a three-point shot. And it's just the confidence that he plays with right now, I would agree, he's at, at, at an all-time high. Absolutely. So you got any idea how long he can sustain this? Because on the one hand, 33 seems the point where your career ought to start to tail off a little bit. But at the same time, we hear it's, well, it's really about how many minutes you play. Well, he played in Europe, and they don't play as many games a week, and the games are 40 minutes, not 48. So he hasn't played as many minutes. He's played like 13,000 in the NBA. So should we think that he's going to push the envelope here on uh, 33, 34, 35? Well, you know, you made me pick up the box score because I was figuring, without even you saying that, how many minutes actually did he play last night? And I'm sure that Quinn is um, aware of that. How, I mean, I thought he played 30 just because of the impact he had on the game last night. But in reality, he played 24, 24 minutes. And Donovan went 34, and O'Neal played 34, and Clarkson played 33, Gobert 32. That surprises me because, again, the way that he impacted the game last night, I thought he played more than that. But I think it's got to be an issue – uh, to your point, DJ, that Quinn has to understand. I know, uh, sure, Quinn's tuned in. The coaches that are there, analytics, numbers, minutes, all the above are at his fingertips. And obviously the Jazz are aware of, of keeping him on the floor, but in critical minutes, closing minutes. And I'm sure they understand they've got to keep Joe healthy, bottom line, especially after the Achilles kind of flared up a little bit, right? I mean, I think they've got to be very aware of that. So I'm wondering, since Joe is playing so well, if you bring Bogdanovich off the bench. Mm. Well, 
he's in a he's in a bit of a quandary right now. You could tell last night. You talk body language, PK. I don't know. I I saw a couple of uh, reaction shots off the monitor that you could tell. Man, he's going. Why isn't Why isn't this working? Why isn't this going in? And Bogey last night, two of ten, did not hit a three. In fact, his last uh, five games, he's below twenty five percent from the three point shot. So with the three pointer. So yeah, you know, Quinn Quinn has that ability to make any changes he wants. Joe obviously can adapt and you guys talk to him on a weekly basis. I think though he thrives as a starter, PK. I really do. And I you know, only he can explain it, but he always talks the right talk and that is put me wherever you need me, coach, and I'll play. But boy, as a starter, he just seems to be much more engaged. Um and maybe it just opens up the fact the ball's in his hands much more than it than it is when he comes in with the second unit. So, yeah, I mean, you, you hate to, you know, with Conley out, but you continue to win, I just wonder what direction they'll go and how they'll do this. It'll be an interesting decision by Quinn Snyder. Uh, do you rock the boat? Do you change up the lineup? Or do you go back to what, you know, what he went with from the very beginning? That That's going to have to happen here pretty quick, pretty soon. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. We will hear you on the broadcast with the Jazz and the Clippers, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, guys. Good talking to you. Ho-hum. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. Keep the train rolling. But uh, got another you know, another challenge tomorrow night, and then next week uh, LeBron comes to town. So more answers on the way for sure. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles will be here at 930. Stay with us. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. Quinn made this comment about Royce O'Neal's in his second year as a starter and his second year as a defensive stopper, and he's really learned from both of us. Playing as a starter is different, so he's learning how to be the fifth best offensive player on the floor. There's a role to that because you're defended differently, and what are you going to do? And so he's begun to understand how to do that. And he's now guarding Jason Tatum for the third time, Giannis for the third time, Jimmy Butler for the third time. And you just get better at it. You learn their tendencies. You know what they're doing. Royce's evolution and improvement this year is a real story. Our fan base sure loves a Awards. Like, if Jordan wins six, man, we might put a statue next to Stockton alone. Well, shouldn't Royce be up for most improved? Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. Question of the morning. All this winning. Is it getting a little ho-hum? Tammy says, no way. Thumbs up emoji. Big smile emoji. Somebody's enjoying all the winning. Uh, Fatha J at Utah Trout says, no. And thanks for asking. Dave, are you implying it's more interesting when they lose? I think what that implies, Dave, is that it is more interesting when you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know that the outcome winning or losing is what makes it as interesting. It's the doubt. And then it breaks however it breaks. But it's the question, you know, what is going to happen here? And I think most of us watching that Jazz Clipper game last night, as we watched, 
saw the Jazz down by one after a quarter, shooting 35%, and thought, they're not going to shoot 35%. This is, as, this is pretty much as good as things can go for the Clippers. And at halftime, they were down five, but we've seen them come out on a roll and really kick some butt in the third quarter so often that I think we thought it was going to happen. And then it did happen. And we had one guy tell us earlier this morning, he went to bed at halftime, which, you know, it's an 8 o'clock game and halftime hits at 9.30 and depends on when you got to get up in the morning and where you got to be. I suspect more of you are watching because these days more people are working from home. But if you're, if you're the person who's got to be up at 5 a.m. to be somewhere at 6 to be at work, well, you went to bed at halftime. I get that. But to me, it's not, it's not, we're not implying it's more interesting when they lose. It's just it's more interesting when we're not sure what's going to happen next. When you absolutely know how something is going to play out, well, sports is the unscripted drama. So when we know the script, and now this team's about to go on a roll and blow this other team out, doesn't matter what sport it is, that's not as interesting to me. PK, is it, are you implying it's more interesting when they lose? I don't think you are. But we'll let you speak for yourself. Well, off top of my head, no. But it's like I was saying before, so many national folks out there with the Jazz are ready to pounce on, yeah, I told you so, this isn't real, this is a fluke, they got hot. Didn't Houston win some inordinate amount of games? 22 in a row, row, and they lost to the Jazz in the first round that year. Okay, there you go. So it's a Tracy McGrady, Darren Williams era. Okay, right. And so uh, losing in the first round, I can't justify that whatsoever. I just, I, there's just no way. Neither can Donovan Mitchell because he's already put himself on record as saying that's not happening. So I would imagine, unless they had some outrageous amount of injuries and all, but all things being equal to some degree, that a first-round defeat is not going to be acceptable under any circumstance. But and maybe even a second round, depending on how they finish in the regular season. But I do think that you can take something from losing a hard-fought uh, conference final, certainly NBA final, and that can be interesting uh, in that way. So when we get to that point, we'll evaluate it as the circumstances dictate. Uh, but right now, you know, it's all about winning, and then, and then that's really all it is, knowing that it's not going to continue. Uh, but it, it's going to be funny, though, when they do lose. Because I'm going to make sure that that next day I'm turning on NBA radio as soon as our show's over. <laughs> see who says I told you so and who says, yeah. oh, well, they lost two out of 22, so what? Right, and just to see what the reaction is. And I don't know why I care, but I do. And maybe it's because of show discussions. Maybe because our listeners care. And since we're in the position and neither of us are a Utah native and all that stuff, we care about Utah sports because our job requires it to care about it. And so we want to know what's being said out there because the fans want to know. And I feel like I have a service to them to talk about what they want to listen to. And so maybe that's my intrigue with this finding out what's being said about this ball club because it's fascinating now if they're 18 and 10 like portland is that's very good i don't scoff at that but it's not like i'm so interested to hear because i my guess is portland probably portland's probably getting more praise now look at look at lillard man he's carrying that team and he had a phenomenal game last night obviously at 43 points i think it was and 
And they're 18 and 10 without two of their starters. And Zach Collins, who seems like he's been hurt from day one, he's out too. And so they're still doing really good. Yeah, the Jazz. Oh, but they, they're not going to keep this up. <laughs> and I find it, I identify with the folks who are being doubted. That's my line of life. And so it's, it's drawing me in. So when they do lose uh, next week or two weeks later, I don't know, maybe after the All-Star break, hell, the way they're going, who's to say? I'm going to make sure that I am listening for about eight hours the next day. I'm going to watch the jump. I'm going to watch everything, <laughs> all those shows that are out there. I'm going to make sure that I'm paying attention. Will Bond and, and Kornheiser, what do they have to say? It's kind of crazy in that way, but yet I'm in. I don't know that they'll be just losing a game will have people go that crazy. Now, if they lose five out of seven, if they really cool off after this, that will lead to an intense debate. Uh, I could see that. I don't know that one or two losses because everybody loses one or two. If you lose one or two know, games, but you're still to be in the top It's going to a story when spot. they lose. Yeah. I, I think it's more the playoffs, and I think uh, you know projecting ahead the second round, that could be okay. No, if they lose in the second round, they'll be a big old gigantic, I told you so. No different than the Bucks getting knocked out in the second round last year. It'll be a big old sure. I told yeah. you so. Yeah. The question is, how big an I told you so will it be if they lose to the Lakers or Clippers? And then what does the series look like? You know, Are both teams healthy? Does one team win shorthanded? Does one team lose shorthanded? Is it a four-game series? Is it a seven-game series? There are all kinds of ifs or buts out there that, you know, you can walk away respected after, you know, because you were shorthanded and you made it a long series. You know, it, it's hard to know then. And there is a certain amount of, it's going to be the Lakers. Why are you getting all amped up about other teams? And, and I think for some of the national media and, and probably some of the local folks around, you know, it's going to be the Lakers. I think yeah, I AD know, getting hurt introduces some I, doubt into that argument. There's no question. Yeah. Or being hurt. I yeah, wouldn't being say hurt. getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah, being hurt again. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles is coming up in half an hour, and PK's got a question about Joe Ingles. Next, we'll get to that. Stay with us.